Hello, and welcome to the Healing No Filter podcast. I'm your host, Laura Renner. I'm an author, a nurse, and frankly, someone who's been through a whole lot. I'm here to provide you with a weekly dose of relatable, no-nonsense methods for healing your mind, body, and all things trauma-related. Now let's dive in. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Healing No Filter podcast. Today, I am joined by ex-corporate leader turned energy master and coach, Gabrielle Pimstone. Gabrielle worked in a corporate psychology career for 27 years, but a chance podcast encounter altered the course of her life. She is now an energy coach, helping those feeling burnt out and stuck. She teaches powerful energy techniques for self-healing and navigating major life transitions so people can live with renewed purpose and passion. So welcome, Gabrielle. Thank you so much, Laura. It's great to be here. Really, really good to to meet you and to have this conversation. Yes, I'm so excited to chat with you today. So I'd really love to start with your story. And I'd love to hear about this chance podcast encounter that kind of altered the course of your life. (laughs) I am a big uh, devotee of uh, podcasts because one certainly did change my life. It was, I remember the day. um, Well, let me go back and just, you know, I had this illustrious career. I, when I was 18, I started my university education. I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a psychologist. And then in my first year of psychology, I realized I actually wanted to work more in the corporate space. So I switched to organizational psychology. It was a perfect match. And I thrived for, you know, 25 years. It was uh, my career was a huge part of my identity, if I can put it that way, probably too much part of my identity. Um, And then what happened in the last few years of it was I started to see things in the corporate space that I previously hadn't seen. So, of course, I'd been aware of corporate politics. I'd worked in corporate politics. That was, you know, my role took me there. But I started to see the dark underbelly of it. Uh, Also, bureaucracy, not being able to get things done. All these things started to trip me up. And the career that once meant so much to me started to lose its resonance. And that that went on for a number of years. And I kind of threatened to leave the corporate world for a while. And then the podcast happened. And that switched um, everything, turned everything on, on its head. So uh, that was the 20, uh, that was uh, the 9th of August 2020. I woke up, I was a senior leader in one of Australia's banks. I hated my job. I was stressed. I was anxious. I wasn't sleeping. Uh, Actually, my thyroid condition had come back. I was really a mess. And I woke up that morning. It was a Sunday. And I had this pit in my stomach. I felt a sense of dread, like almost the, the Sunday blues, but really early on a Sunday morning. But I realized that it was because the following day was Monday. I had to get up and go to work. And I took myself for a walk to try and clear my head. And I put on my headphones, I turned on Spotify, and I just tuned into a random podcast that seemed to have an interesting uh, title. And this woman was being interviewed, and she was talking about living with chronic anxiety. Now, what had happened to her was, you know, maybe, I can't remember the exact, I think 10 years or so before that interview, her daughter had been involved in a really bad car accident. And um, she actually had to learn to walk again. She was severely injured. But now 
10 years later or so, the young woman had actually had a complete recovery and she had got married. She was now expecting her first baby and her mother, who was being interviewed on this podcast, had so much joy and so much excitement to look forward to, but couldn't enjoy the moment. She was uh, uh, she kept saying I was waiting for the other shoe to fall. And it was those words that made me realize that I'd been living in my own spiritual prison all my life. Um, and it had gotten worse over the uh, uh, prior few years, but I'd felt trapped in this ongoing cycle of anxiety. And I knew that I now didn't, not, uh, didn't only um, want to change, I actually needed to change. I needed to get out of the corporate world. And it was that conversation and listening to the woman's story that had so much resonance with my own challenges, my own life, that got me to really start to take action and to transition out of the corporate world. Wow. I mean, what a story. Mm. And, you know, mm. I could not agree more that anxiety, it really is a prison. It really holds you back. And it's interesting because for me, I had a different but similar experience where you just kind of reach this rock bottom moment where you just yeah. realize something has to change. And it's unfortunate that sometimes it takes getting that far, but really we can see and just experience so much through those moments. And those are really the the trajectory changes that make so much of a difference. They do. And, you know, we just, most people, most of us don't pay attention. We don't, and we just kind of accept the status quo. And I'd actually done that for a number of years because when I got thinking about it, I actually hadn't been happy in corporate for longer than I thought. And we just moved through life on autopilot. And so it was a moment of reckoning. And I think you're right because. We don't typically change unless we get irrefutable evidence that we can't continue with the status quo. And I was in one of those moments. Yeah, exactly. And I'm sure, you know, people said this to you, well, you're successful, you're good at it, so you should stay in it. But you shouldn't, you know, just because that you're good at something, but you're suffering does not mean that that's your path and that's what you should be doing. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I said that to myself as well. I didn't even need yeah. other people to say that. <laughs> I was like, uh, and that's fear talking. And, you know, for 25, 27 years, I was in the field of human transformation in organizations. And so I know that the most difficult part of transforming is getting off the starting blocks. And I needed almost a crisis to hit before I did that. And most of us do. So, yeah. Such a great analogy, though. Getting off the starting blocks, that's exactly right. Because really, once you kind of start that path for yourself, it gets easier, even though it, of course, is challenging, but it gets easier with time. So, yeah, amazing. I would love, you know, for you to just explain what energy mastery is. And especially, you know, um, in your bio, you talk about helping people through major life transitions, which is something that we all really need. We all need help through or through those times. So um, how does energy mastery help benefit people through these really, you know, tough times? Yeah. Okay, sure. Well, let me start with the first question, which is what is energy mastery? And I'm all for debunking jargon. <laughs> so um, the way that I see it and the way that I use it is that it is um, the ability. It's actually a discipline and the tools and techniques we use, but it's the ability to understand, manage, and optimize your energy. 
So you want to keep your energetic vibration high uh, because when you do that, you improve your general well-being, but it's also great for manifestation, which I know a lot of people enjoy that topic. But to understand our energy, we have to be able to tune in and know the difference between whether it's heavy or whether it's light. So that's the understanding piece. Managing our energies around practicing good energy hygiene. Um, and interrupting energy dips as they come. And there are tools and techniques for doing that. And the optimization part is the piece that I love the most, which is around um, we all have untapped dormant potential, our gifts, our talents, our potential that, that lie within us. And there are things you can do. There are advanced energy techniques, but there are things that you can do to activate dormant potential so that you can um, really fulfill your potential in life. So those are the three arms of what is energy mastery. Uh, does that make sense? Is that, is that kind of. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. That's very yeah. clear. Very, very interesting. Yeah. And a, and a great introduction for people who are especially new to learning about energy and tuning in right. themselves. <laughs> Great. <laughs> and the second part of your question, I think, was about life transitions and yeah. how mastery. Yeah, yeah. So um, when we go through life transitions, we experience uh, stress and it requires of us to be resilient. And it, uh, when we master our energy, what we do is we uh, elevate it. That's the point of mastering your energy, getting yourself out of dips, keeping your energetic frequency high. And when it's high, what happens is you're not only able to bounce back quicker from adversity, which is part and parcel of transitioning through life, but you also, you're at such a high resonance that you're actually, the adversity doesn't, uh, you don't feel it, if that makes any sense. So it's almost, one of my teacher used to use this, uh, the guy that taught me how to um, uh, uh, master my energy, he used to use the analogy of being in an aeroplane and all the adversity in life, you know, or people that, the toxicity of life, being on the ground, and if you're on the, an aeroplane 37,000 feet in the air, someone tries to sto throw a stone at you or uh, adversity tries to hit you, they can't because you're just too elevated. So it helps enormously when it comes to resilience. And, um, and that's really important because when we are transitioning, we're going through life transitions, we do inevitably move through motivational lapses. We want to give up. And when your energy is elevated, when it's high, you're able to move through those moments just more fluidly and quickly. What I mean, what a great description. I I love that because I know so many of us, myself included, when I've had, you know, health problems and various challenges in my own mm -hmm. life, I've just been so focused on reacting and life is happening to me. But basically what you're yes. saying is you're harnessing your own energy so that you're in control and you don't have to let things affect you the same way. That's right. I love what you're saying. So when you master your energy, life doesn't happen to you. It happens for you. 
that's the shift. So yeah, that's a great analogy. It's a great, thank you for that. Yeah. That's the purpose of it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So for, you know, people that are new to this, because for me, it's been a really interesting and eye-opening experience to kind of learn more about energy. I came from the science and healthcare world where everything has to be, you know, I'm saying with quotations, logical and rational and evidence-based and all of that. And although there actually is a lot of evidence to support and there's more research being done about energy, but for people that really have no idea kind of where to start to even tune into their own energy, what do you recommend? Yeah. Well, um, Firstly, your mind, just in terms of um, the whole idea that it's got to be evidence-based. I come from a long line of medical doctors, my late grandfather, my late father, my brother, you know, it's in the family. I understand science and I respect science and I respect the, the call for evidence. But when it comes to this stuff, your mind doesn't actually have to be on board for it to work, which is really cool. Um, so, so that's just one thing I want to say in relation to skepticism, but we can, to tune into energy, there are simple things that we can do. It's a practice, like anything, you've got to practice it. Now, some of us, um, you know, our intuition is more activated than others, so it's easier, but say you just, you know, you, you haven't really worked on your intuition. There are a couple of things that you can do. The first thing is to set your, set, take your mobile phone, set an alarm clock, however often you want. You can do it morning, noon, night. You can do it on the hour, every hour, whatever, you know, suits you. And when your alarm goes off, it's a reminder to tune into your energy and to say, ask yourself a simple question. Is it open or is it closed? Or is it heavy or is it light? And you'll know. You'll when you ask yourself that question in a quiet moment, you will that automatically brings you within. And if you find that it's heavy or if it's closed, then you can do something to uh, elevate it. I mean, you movement, physical movement. You can kind of do a stretch. You can take a sip of water. You can say thank you, whatever you want. Something that's going to shift you out of this low vibrational energy. So that's something really simple you can do to tune in. The other thing that's at our disposal, which is hugely underrated and something I've been using for 30 years, are dreams. So we all dream. And it's that a lot happens in our dreams. It's a gateway to your unconscious. So why not become more intentional with your sleep time? And before you go to sleep at night, set the intention. Tonight as I sleep, um, help me heal and remember my dream. And then when you wake up, the first thing you do is you document what you remember. And perhaps in the beginning, you might not remember much, but as you practice it, you'll start getting flashes and then you'll start remembering your dreams. And it's hugely powerful. Oh yeah. You know, I, I love both of those because I mean, for one, the, you know, the way that you suggested to tune into your energy, I actually had a therapist who had me do that. And at first I was like, why are we doing this? But it really just brought me into this awareness state where I just, before I had no connection and I had no clue. And then once I was able to kind of make those connections and that awareness and piece it together, I could tell the difference. I could tell, Ooh, I'm feeling really scattered or really heavy. Yes. And then I yes. could do exactly what you're saying. Kind of do something like for me, I'm a big fan of getting out and in, in going for a quick walk, getting some sunlight that gives me such a big boost for my energy. It makes a huge difference. 
Me and too. I, and I absolutely love, you know, talking about dreams because I mean, so many of us have a lot of issues sleeping, which is a whole nother thing we could get into. But um, I've noticed that as I pay more attention to my dreams, you really do learn a lot. It's interesting because a lot of, for many years, I didn't, I could never remember my dreams. I don't know if I just wasn't uh, getting enough deep sleep and REM sleep, but yeah. once I started tuning into it more, it really kind of changed almost my mornings because I was able to wake up with such a different energy, truly. It, and and allowed me to kind of feel more awake and, and productive even. Absolutely. 100%. I'm a huge fan of uh, dream time. I think it's fascinating. I mean, if we all didn't do it, you would think, you know, if I told you some of my dreams, you'd think I was crazy. (laughs) A lot happens. We go places that are deep into our unconscious. But Laura, I'd like to just go back to something you touched on because it's got such um, importance in the world of mastering energy, which is working, it, it being in nature. You mentioned you like going for walks and like being in, su- in the sun. Me too, by the way. Mm-hmm. I've got a habit between meetings. If I've got, I do most of my work from home these days. You know, if I'm between calls or between meetings, I'll go out into my garden and just stand in the sun. It just takes two or three minutes, doesn't it, to elevate your energy. And that's because um, the sun is a fire elemental and fire has the capacity energetically to transmute. So if you're feeling flat, for example, or if you're feeling overwhelmed or whatever it is, stepping into the sun and getting a few rays of it actually transforms your energy and lifts it and elevates it. It gives you that boost that you were describing. Yes. And you're exactly right. You nailed it. I feel such a difference when I find myself getting really anxious or scatterbrained and stressed and have the racing thoughts. I will take a second to even just step outside or open a window if I'm at home um, and it's cold out just to do, just get something in that just kind of disruption really elevates my mood in a way that's really indescribable. And I love that you talked about, you know, just kind of small moments of doing things to really shift your energy and how big of an impact that that really makes. Definitely micro moments. It's that's all you need. And, and that's why you don't have to be an energy master to master your energy and you don't have to have lots of time. You can do it on the go as well because all it takes is that what you were saying earlier, that moment of awareness or that moment of switching state, going out, opening a window, going out into the sun, that, that shifts so much. Absolutely. So I know you mentioned, you know, of course, getting outside nature, gratitude. What else do you suggest to kind of help people shift their energy and elevate themselves? Yeah. Um, well, I think I I use nature a lot and there are different forms of nature. So I want to just talk a lot about that because I've been doing, I've gone back into it of late. And so one of the things that's really powerful to cleanse, if you've had a tough day at work and you come home uh, and you have the luxury of being able to run a bath, buy some Epsom salts and put Epsom salts in your bath and sit in a salt bath. And salt cleanses, it really has the effect of drawing out low vibrational toxic energy. And so that's something I do. I also have, uh, I live close to the beach in Sydney, Australia. So if you've got that diving into the waves, getting into salt water has a hugely um, powerful way of uh, transforming and clearing energy. 
The other thing to do, which is related to nature, but can be done in and of itself, is the concept of grounding, which is a very simple, it's like energy 101. And what it involves is if you're feeling scattered or if you're feeling overwhelmed or if you just feel like you need to come more into yourself, best thing you can do, and it's simple, is to literally take off your shoes and you go outside if you want to stand on sand, grass, earth, or you can even do it inside your home. And to um, be very present, I'm actually doing it as I'm talking to you, being very present of your feet on the ground and then imagining roots or cords coming out of your the soles of your feet and going deep, 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 deep into the ground and moving through right to the core of the earth, which is fire-based, and wrapping around the core of the earth and then bringing up nourishing, nurturing, grounding, stabilizing energy into your feet. And when the earth hits your feet, the earth energy hits your feet and filling your whole body up with it. That grounding is a really... Um, simple and very powerful way of feeling more stable, feeling more safe, feeling more grounded. I love that. You know, I, I remember the first time I read about grounding, this was years ago thinking, what? This doesn't make sense. But <laughs> when you experience it, it really does. And it really just brings you to the present and really does shift your energy. So I appreciate you sharing all of these really great techniques that really you can do kind of anywhere, which is awesome. It's really great to have techniques that you can shift your energy from anywhere because we all know when when our lives are busy and you're out in the world, sometimes you just need those moments to really kind of bring yourself back and shift yourself upward. Absolutely. You could be on public transport grounding. You know, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, you're maybe you don't take your shoes off, but you you're feeling the rooting, you're rooting yourself into the ground. You can do it anywhere. I've been traveling a lot. I do it on planes. So once I've, you know, I'm usually in a rush before I get onto an aeroplane. Once I get there and I'm buckled in, I do a grounding technique. Um, so you can do it at any point in time. The other thing that I find um works at any point in time and also is a kind of a circuit breaker, switches your you, you into a different state, is to set intentions. Intentions are such a powerful way of uh, directing energy in a different direction. So if you're feeling overwhelmed or flat or whatever it is, you can set an in, just get into a quiet space and set an intention to or anything you can I set the intention to feel better or I set the intention to feel peaceful or whatever it is and it's quite it, what it does is it gets you out of your head and out of that downward spiral and gives you a, a different energetic trajectory oh I love that so much so mm. um on that note so I'd love to talk about energy blocks how yeah do you know if you have an energy block and like what should somebody look for to know that they maybe have an energy block? Yeah. Well, energetic blocks form when um, things happen to us and they're not resolved and the energy, the energetic, um, I guess, signature of that event or that experience gets lodged in our energetic body. What happens, and it's the way you know you've got one, is you you will have 
a repetitive pattern that doesn't serve you or you it's something you'll experience something over and over again in your life and you can't work out what's happening that can be in any aspect of your life i'll give you an example um might be that you uh have an inability to have peaceful relationships. There's a lot of conflict in your relationships, for example. So you might have relationship uh, blocks related to relating and connecting or intimacy, whatever it is. Um, it might be that you procrastinate, procrastinate chronically. You know, there's an energy block that's playing out in that way. Uh, you mentioned sleep earlier. I've worked with a couple of people who have come to me because they have insomnia and there is a block that is creating difficulty when it comes to switching off and um, surrendering. So it could be anything, but what you find is that there's a persistent pattern that you can't seem to work out, understand and break free from. So that's how you'll know you've got an energy block. That's great. So do you feel like when you're burnt out per se, Mm -hmm. is that just kind of, you know, you've just maxed yourself out from an energy block perspective or, and kind of how do you work through that? Well, the way that I uh, see and experience burnout is it's less about an energy block. What it is, is it's more a psychological um, it's a momentary thing. It's something that's happened in, in your, you've got to a point where the demands of the situation exceed your capacity to deal with them. And that means doing something, you know, so there could be a block around making a decision to leave corporate, like what's the case for me, or to leave a job or to leave a relationship or a bad marriage. So the block, you might be feeling burnout, but the block will be related to something else that's stopping you from taking action. Um, so your capacity to deal with the situation can't, uh, it, it's it's not there. Their demands exceed your capacity to, to deal with it. That's such a, an eloquent way of wording burnout. I love that because, you know, when you're burnt out, you just really feel like you're at your end, but truly you just you don't have the capacity to, no, you, you know, don't. to handle it. No. And there are two things that you can do. You can either reduce the demands being placed on you, which is often not possible, uh, or you can increase your capacity to deal with the demands. And that's where mastering energy comes in. Because what I teach people is how to expand their energy, how to if you think about um uh, it's in the relation to a size of a teacup or a coffee cup. What I'm teaching you is to ex- to ex- get a bigger cup, exceed your cup, uh, grow your cup so that you can house more demands being placed into it. And that's the essence of energy mastery. That's why it's so important because we very often can't control our situation the demands of us, but we can control our response to them. And energetically, what that means is expanding your capacity. Oh, I love that. That is such great advice. And so kind of to touch a little bit further on that, for someone who's feeling stuck, how, what advice do you have for them to, you know, really utilize their energy and move through it? Okay. So, I mean, the first thing I would say to people is um, start small. If you're feeling stuck, start small. Don't, there's a saying we use a lot in Australia. I don't know if it's used in America, but don't try and boil the ocean. 
I love it. Um, So begin with small steps. That's what I mean. Because sometimes, and we spoke about this earlier, those micro moments, sometimes the most profound changes start with the tiniest actions. Okay, so progress is progress, no matter the size and no matter what you do. So that would be my first word of advice to someone who's feeling stuck. The other thing is... um, if, you, if you're feeling stuck and you want to harness energy, pay closer attention to synchronicities because they're happening all the time. And um, when we do that, we become aware of the intuitive guidance that is always present, that is always trying to show us the way, but that we often don't see. So what do uh, synchronicities look like? Um, they can be really in your face or they can be subtle. I, uh, I'll give you some examples of some really in-your-face synchronicities that happened to me. Uh, <laughs> I remember this was, and I was very stuck. That's why I'm telling the story. Um, uh, it was in the last five years. I can't remember exactly when, but I was journaling because I do a lot of journaling. It was a Sunday morning again, and I woke up and I was feeling really stuck, and I journaled. And then my last question was in my journal was, how do I learn to trust more? And then a couple of minutes later, I went out onto my deck probably to get some sun. And I saw, I can show you the photo. I saw, you know, you know, you get those um, aeroplanes that um, draw things in the sky. Mm -hmm. This aeroplane was drawing, it drew the word trust. No way. Wow. I actually got it. It's actually quite incredible. Wow. Could not, I took photos from different angles. I was like, people are not going to believe me. And I wanted (laughs) to prove to people that this is actually my garden. You can, you know. Now that was interesting. Now that's a synchronicity. That's an in-your-face synchronicity because I just written, like, how do I learn to trust more? So then I spent the next few weeks working on the you know, trust. But sometimes they're a little bit more subtle. Um, numbers. People love, you know, talking about recurring numbers and seeing recurring numbers. So, you know, triple one, triple two, triple four. They've all got their own meaning. But what was interesting for me was I went through a period maybe about five or six months ago where I was seeing um sequential numbers and they would start like for example 12 12 and then later in the day I'd see 15 15 and then 28 28 and then 35 35 it's like they built up and this happened for a while and I was like what does this mean this is a synchronicity and it was uh for me what I made I tuned in I you know did my thing and I realized that was about progress and what was I going to, what was I doing to make progress? And um, and so I did something around that particular theme. So they're happening all the time. Uh, synchron- uh, awareness of synchronicities is something that's available to all of us. It's exciting. Uh, it's interesting. It's creative. And I give people that advice because if you're feeling stuck and you can make sense of a repeating pattern, it gives you a way forward. Absolutely. You know, I'm so glad that you brought up synchronicities because I know so many of us, myself included, spend so much time, you know, just kind of with blinders on, just living, just getting through life. And 
once you kind of start paying attention to these synchronicities, you really just expand in so many different ways. And it really just kind of brings that wall down to really open you up to, you know, possibilities, um, new opportunities, experiences. And for me, that was a big game changer. It really is. And it opens you up to next steps. That's the pragmatic part of synchronicity, because if you work out what it means and when you sit with it long enough, you do, then you know what your next eliminating step is. And that's so helpful when you're feeling stuck. I mean, if you don't, if if you don't trust that you see synchronicities, you can also create one. So for example, what you could do is you could say, uh, I set the intention to uh, show me a sign uh, I'd like to see and pick something random. So in my case, it was a rabbits. I never see rabbits, rabbits or hares. Like I want to see universe, show me a sign, rabbits. And then over the next few weeks, I literally, I mean, I was down at the beach and there was a group of people standing by the water, so on the boardwalk, talking about rabbits. I saw there was a scene in a movie. Um, it was actually on Netflix where a guy, it was actually a passing scene, but a guy was fetching his pet rabbit from a vet. And then, of course, I saw photos of rabbits. I heard something again. It, and then so you can ask for your own sign and you can say, universe, if I'm supposed to do X, Y, and Z, please show me a sign or please show me a white feather or whatever it is. You can make it up and you can get creative and have fun with all of this. Oh, yeah. And those are such great examples because, you know, oftentimes, especially when we're really in those like anxious, stressed, you know, low energy, scattered energy kind of modes and we have those blinders on, we... I know for me, when I've been in those places and I've asked for, you know, some type of sign or some type of synchronicity, like 777 or something... And I just expect it to show up in a certain way. So I love that you gave those answers because it can show up in so many different ways. And it's really kind of about really kind of dropping those expectations and just kind of letting things just organically play out. I I mean, if you want, I can give you more because this can get creative. But but you do. You have to be um, open. You might not see the numbers 777, but you might hear a song. And, you know, seven, seven, that's like that might be singing the word seven three times. I don't know. It can come in in so many different ways. Yeah. Absolutely. It's fun. Oh, it it is. It's fun to play with. I, I love that. And I also love how you really talked about how it's really important to kind of start small. And because, you know, especially people that are like myself, you know, former or active currently, you know, perfectionists and big high achievers and people in that world, you want to just, you know, go quickly and go fast and, you know, have a lot of things happen. But in reality, it really does take a lot of small steps. It really does. And I mean, by the way, I have a perfectionism. There are energy blocks around and, and that's something that's very familiar to me. I've done a lot of work on releasing stuff around that. Um, but yeah, uh, small steps, um, patience with the journey. Uh, when I listened to that podcast that I was describing, I didn't uh, resign from corporate. I resigned from my job the next day, but I didn't leave corporate for another 18 months. I kind of got a feel for 
the topic of spirituality. I um, found teachers that I resonated with. I listened to podcasts. I read articles. I Googled. All of those kind of steps are a way of opening you up and expanding you. And um, do it in your own way because it is a journey and I'm still on my journey. And, yeah, uh, it's it's be gentle on yourself. It's an, it's an, uh, an evolution. And it's a journey that takes time. You can't, you don't just suddenly expand overnight. You'd implode. So we are supported in our expansion. We do it step by step. What's that beautiful uh, quote, that Chinese philosopher, a journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step. It's something yes. I remind my clients all the time because that's what this is about. And it's it's a continuous single step after one after another. That's, Don't fall the ocean. Yes, that's and that's so important. I'm so glad that you said that because it really a journey is just small steps. It's just those continued small steps and those small progressions. And that's what really leads to the progress, leads to the changes, and leads to the improvements. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So um yeah, but if you do have, I mean, I'm fascinated with the, the the topic of perfectionism is one, as I said, it's close to my own heart. And I've been in the corporate world. A lot of my clients come from the corporate world. It's driver. It's a driver. But actually, perfection is not about the desire to be great at something. It's actually about avoiding judgment. It's a very unhealthy driver of human behavior. And it is linked to having a very strong inner critic, the little voice in our head that tells us that we're not good enough, uh, tells us we need to do more, go faster. And the corporate world that I was a part of, um, that was a badge of honor. The busier you were, the the more you excelled, um, the faster you were promoted. These were badges of honor. And, um, yeah, I, I... I work a lot with that as well. A lot of my clients come to me with major blocks around criticism, starting with self and then with others on the world around them. Makes life really difficult, doesn't it? It absolutely does. And it's you're exactly right, because when I realized that my perfectionist tendencies were really just fear-driven in a lot of ways... It was it was it was kind of mind blowing because I never looked at it from that lens. And once you kind of are able to spin it around and look at it that way, it really changes how you think about it and allows you to kind of drop that veil and release some of those tendencies and shift yourself. So you're not punishing yourself because ultimately you're punishing yourself. Yeah, you really are. But it's a it was a big one for me to drop. And to be honest with me, I with you, I I find myself from time to time going back into that mode of not being good enough. And then I have to remind myself there's this body of work in psychology called Transactional Analysis by Eric Byrne, and he's written a book called I'm Okay, You're Okay, because we come from a a life perspective where um, either I'm not okay or you're okay, or I'm not okay and you're not okay, but actually there's enough okayness to go around. And, um, And I bring myself back to that mantra. It's it's a big one. It's a it's a, you know energy blocks that have formed because they form sometimes from a young age, and sometimes they form actually in the womb. We inherit them from our our mother might have been 
um, went through a stressful kind of episode when we were in gestation. And sometimes they're actually intergenerational. So we, they passed on from our parents, our grandparents and down the line. So these are deep things and they don't necessarily evaporate overnight. Sometimes you've got to do a little bit more um, work to release them. But the techniques that I use do get to the root of them, wherever they, wherever that root is, and that does help um, speed up the process of change. That's amazing. I mean, hmm. really what I've learned through my trauma healing experience is it really just in a lot of ways comes down to figuring out those root causes and healing them. It is. It all happens at the inception point. But I guess the thing that's changed in my lens the last few years since I've studied energy is that the inception point can be, can go back to karmic, can be karmic, you know. So often I work in the here, in this lifetime. Sometimes I do work in the womb, gestational stuff, and I do do intergenerational blocks. And then if depending on the person's readiness. I can do ancestral blocks or I can even uh, look at karmic blocks because they can go that deep. Wow. <laughs> that, was, that was a mouthful. <laughs> no, it's but it's so it's so amazing though. Uh, Gabrielle, this has been so wonderful to learn all about this with you. I really appreciate it. So where can people find you to learn more about you, about energy mastery and what you have to offer? I can't, firstly, I can't believe that 45 minutes are up. It's just gone <laughs> south. Really love my conversation. Thank you so same much. Here, same here. <laughs> um, the best way to get hold of me is um, through social media. You can contact me at gabrielle.pimstone on Instagram. DM me if you don't want to follow me. Just DM me. I'll respond. Otherwise, follow me. Uh, otherwise, I've also got a Facebook page. I'm not as active on it, but it's Gabrielle at Generative Growth. And again, I will be very responsive if you send me a DM. I'll get an alert to that. Touch base with me, start a conversation with me, or just follow the conversation that's happening on social media. Because I, what I do is several times a week, I share content, I give tidbits. And so there's always new thinking and new ideas coming through. Wonderful. Well, I'll include all of those in the show notes as well. So people can access that, but thank you so much for talking with me today. This was really, really mind blowing and really opened me up to a lot of different things today. So I really appreciate that. So thank you so much, Gabrielle. Thank you. I really appreciate your time and uh, it was a fabulous conversation. Thank you. Absolutely. And thank you so much for listening to the Healing No Filter podcast, and we'll see you next time.